conversations to give insight into human behavior and promote mental health wellness. I'm Dr. Kyle Osborne, and with my co-host, Dr. Jason Coleman, we'll discuss health topics, everyday life issues, and try to give you a better understanding of yourself, other people, and the world around you. So just sit back, relax, and hopefully you'll leave with some information that'll have you living your best healthy life. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. Welcome, welcome back, everyone. It's the Black Psychologist Podcast. Happy that you're here. We're back like you never left. Appreciate everybody being here, wherever you are, tuning in, listening, watching. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. All right. I am one half of your humble and gracious host, Dr. Kyle Osborne. He is I, and I am him. And of course, you all know by now, I'm never here by myself. I'm here with my guy. He's been smooth since the days of under rules, never lose. Dr. Jason Coleman, what's going on, good brother? What's going on, bro? How are you, man? It's the first first day of the NBA. Yeah, yeah, more more self-care, good brother. More stuff to watch, you know, whenever you get a chance to, you know? Lakers Lakers coming up later. The great LeBron James, you know? Yeah, they uh they look like they could use, you know, possibly some counseling or some support, whatever's going on with <laughs> and Westbrook over there. That's that's looking like something, bro. Yeah, they're gonna have to get rid of uh, Westbrook. I thought he would have been gone by now. I'm surprised, man. Yeah, he's taking himself yeah. out the league. He, he's um they said he was coming off the bench, and then he was like, All right, cool, I pulled my hamstring. I gotta, I gotta go to the locker room. Oh sick. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, <I'll say. laughs> those one, yeah, I get it. It was one of those one of the injuries, you know. Exactly. I don't. I mean, I don't get it, man. I I think it was a bad fit, you know. Obviously, but um, I don't know what's going to happen with that, man. Because they're going to have to do something at some point. Because you can't waste LeBron's years at this point. And you know, and I know, this whole year is about him breaking the record, anyway. You know, this is yeah. going to be. You know, that's that's what everything is leading up to for him. I mean, they're not really the favorite. I mean, it's LeBron, so they're always going to be in the mix. But you know, and I know this is all about him getting breaking that record in LA. That that's what this is all about. Yeah, but then it spills into other things, like then it just becomes about selling jerseys and putting people in the seats, right? Because breaking a record this year, that's a big thing. Do it in the LA uniform. Next year, what happens? I think his son comes out next year. Right. Right. So that then that's going to be a whole nother. Is he going to the Lakers and are Lakers going to drop? You know, so are they going to play together? So, I mean, just get ready. You know, absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Before we get started, we absolutely want to thank all the ongoing support people listening on all the different streaming platforms, people watching on YouTube. getting a lot of feedback and a lot of comments and uh, interactive. Um, we definitely appreciate it because absolutely we will not be able to continue to go through in the manner that we are without your support. So continue to like, subscribe, comment. We love it. If you hate it, we love that too. Put your comments in there. We love any type of feedback. It's great. I'm definitely just, you know, always, um, I'm always a humble by the support. You know, appreciative to anybody that takes the time to listen. So thank you. 
please continue to uh, subscribe and comment. Appreciate it. And you know what, Jay? It happens again. We talked about this a little bit last episode. And I tell you, as soon as we record and we post it, something else happens. Like, it never fails. This is my paranoia. This is the story that I'm coming up with, right? I feel like they're doing it on purpose. Because as soon as we... We uh we released the last episode. This guy, this guy went off again, you know. So he he's at it again, Jay. Uh he's making statements or two or three. I'm talking about none other than Yeezy, Yay, Jesus, whatever he's calling himself this week. Um, but for all intents and purposes, his mama named him Kanye, so we're gonna call him Kanye. That's how that's gonna go. All right. <laughs> All right, so Kanye at his uh, Yeezy Season 9 fashion show in Paris a couple weeks ago uh, during the Fashion Week. So Kanye West and Candace Owens were wearing White Lives Matter shirts, all right? Mm -hmm. Kanye gave a speech while wearing the T-shirt. It was emblazoned with the Pope's face on the front, all right? And he says that uh, while he was rocking it, he has a statement. He goes off and says, I'm yay. Uh, everyone here knows that I am the leader. You can't manage me. Um, and he says that all of this was inspired by his connection with God. So um, this led to, as you can imagine, a lot of outrage from many people on social media and from his celebrity peers, including Diddy, who he's been going back and forth with on social media, and a few other folks um, that he's gotten into like these verbal and Twitter um, spats with. Um, and then the following week, you know, he, um, was tweeting again, DEFCON 3 on Jewish people, so on and so forth. Right. Uh, but however, again, he's been doubling and tripling down. Like he's been on the, on the white lives matter shirts. Like he's been going on different, um, interviewing, uh, platforms, different networks, just kind of just going back and forth explaining. And it seems like there's a different reason every time he talks about it. Um, so, but this has been causing a lot of, a lot of outrage and a lot of comments. Um, I have an interesting theory on, on what I think is going on here, but I wanted to hear your take on it first, Jay. So what do you, what do you think is happening here? Um, well, there's a lot of separate things going on. So we're talking about the White Lives Matter thing, right? Yes, sir. Um, well, yeah, I mean, like you said, he got a lot of backlash. Um, in my opinion, I think it's well-deserved. Um, I think the conversation kind of gets lost and it gets conflated with other things and then it gets reframed, right? Um, and it, again, Kanye West is an intelligent person. So, you know, he understands, you know, we got, and we, we have to understand why people are so upset with him, right? We know his history in terms of his mother being a professor, his father, um, or them being involved with the Black Panthers and the civil rights movement and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Even without all of that. You know, people understand that the reason, whether you agree with the organization or not, whatever, whatever, the slogan, you know what I mean? The reason for the slogan, you know, why is it is because we're talking about a disproportionate or too many people of color being killed and unarmed, right? And we don't see that in mass with other groups. So that is why moving forward, right? When you see people with hats that say 
musicians' lives matter and plumbers' lives matter. And when they had the blue lives matter and the same with his white lives matter t-shirt, it's diminishing, it's taking from the original message. Now, of course, when the same person, you know, when you challenge them, they're going to run into their corner and say, but don't all lives matter, <laughs> right? But the point is, the reason why we haven't had any of these other slogans before, blue lives matter, white lives matter, is because there's an understanding that that is already the case. That is why this is called the Black Psychologist Podcast, right? Because if you want the white psychologist podcast, all you got to do is type in podcast psychology and all of the white psychologists will come up, right? It is, it, it's more of an emphasis of the fact that we are less than 8%, right? So we're saying we're here, mm -hmm. right? So it's, I've gotten those questions. I've gotten those DM, DMs, right? Well, that's racist. You guys are calling it the Black Psychologist Podcast. Why? Because we're 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 highlighting who we are, right? Um, we're showing minorities where to find us, right? So when he does that, and he has a platform of all these people as a side sidebar, what he's doing is giving fodder, right, to people that want to diminish the meaning of that, right? So I'll just give that to you. That's my piece, but that. That's what I think about the White Lives Matter. How he's melting down on Drink Champs and other platforms is another issue. But, I, you know, I want to see, hear your response to the White Lives Matter. All right. So I view this as trolling with intention or purpose. All right. And I'm going to tell you okay. why. I believe that there is external motivation regarding his behavior, as far as his white lives matter and some of his other behavior. All right, so I don't know if you can recall last month, right? The month of September, he was very vocal about his issues with Gap and Adidas, right? He's in these long-term contracts with them. And of course, in true Kanye fashion, he takes to social media to voice his frustration and his dissatisfaction, and he's coming out with all these other different, uh, they're in slavery, contract, blah, 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 right? So on and so forth. So long, I'm going to try to give you a short form answer. All right. So he's in as a contract with uh, Adidas until 2026, and he started a 10-year contract with Gap. All right. So he's dissatisfied with the deals that he signed within these contracts. So right. specifically with Adidas. So Adidas, uh, I believe he has like a revenue sharing deal. However, he doesn't have the ability to make decisions regarding manufacturing and distribution. Also, within the contract, there are limitations. So even though he owns like the Yeezy name in the contract, it's like he's licensing the name to Adidas. So he can't put like Yeezy, Yay, Life of Pablo, whatever other, you know, um, name, image, or likeness on any other type of apparel. Right. He has it's strictly like Adidas has their contract. It's like a non-compete contract that he has. Right. He can only you put that on Adidas merchandise or Adidas apparel. And I believe it's something similar with Gap. So he doesn't like this. So what's a way the fact that he wants to get out of the contract, but mm -hmm. they're not going to let you out. 
guess what I can do? Let me go out here and go do something that's going to piss everybody off, right? So he went out there with the White Lives Matter situation, right? With the White Lives Matter t-shirt, all right? What happened after that happened, right? All the outrage, all these other different things. Well, you know what Adidas did? Adidas released a statement and said, contract under review. Because what's going to happen? You get all this outrage. You have all these different sponsors, corporations, all these other deals that Adidas has. And if they're going to recognize and see that they're losing that bottom line because of their Yeezy brand deal or such is associated with him. And he's out here making mm-hmm. these offensive statements and, you know, creating all of this, you know, uh, I'm listening. Outrage. I'm just looking up, looking up something like that. Right. Same thing. Right. So what did he do after that? Right. He went off and he tweeted DEFCON 3 to Jewish people. So now that you've pissed off or offended these marginalized groups, what do you think is most likely to happen with a lot of these contracts that he wants to get out? And most likely they're going to drop them because it's like, hey, we can't do business with you because you're affecting the bottom line. He knows this. He's like you said, he's a very intelligent person in regards. He's been, well, I think- around, you know, all of these other different corporations. So if I... If if I want out of this contract and you're not going to let me out because I don't like the, you know, the, you know, the negotiations and terms and conditions that I signed, let me go off and go do this outlandish behavior and you're going to terminate my contract. Now I can go off and do all these different things. So for me, I feel like, okay, he knows what he's doing, right? He's well aware. He's weaponizing, you know, the white, the, you know, the white lives, black lives matter movement with the, with the white lives matter t-shirt. Cause he knows he's going to get, a reaction. He knows people are going to be right. pissed off and he knows people that's going to affect their bottom line. And then he'll be able to go off and do what he wants because he won't have any, he won't be obligated contractually to any of these other different companies. So that was kind of the thing that came up for me when I saw this come about and I'm like, Oh, okay. All right. This, this is the way he wants it. Cause as soon as they came out, Adidas and Gap were like, Oh, contract under review. Like they started to well, do Gap, their self preservation trying to distance themselves. The Gap um, joint was done I think before that, okay. Gap is done. I I don't know if it was exactly before that, but Gap is done. Yeah, Adidas, is still Adidas under they're reviewing the situation, so they're like. And I get I, to me, I think that's that's their statement to the public, right? But yo, Kanye West is gonna have to do, and I'm not diminishing anything he's done so far, but he would have to do a hell of a lot more for Adidas to drop him. I mean, listen, like I'm just being like, you, like, bro, <laughs> you grew up and so did I, right? How many times, and don't, don't bring up Run DMC because the 80s came and left. But when was anybody ever looking to, to put up to buy some Adidas? I mean, not saying Adidas wasn't cool, but you know what I mean. It was all about Jordan and Nike. Like, yo, Kanye brought Adidas not only into cool status, but into luxury sneaker status. Like yo, they I would, that's what I was just looking up. Tim he ten percent of the revenue of the company total goes comes from him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they're talking about apparel, sportswear, clothing. Yo, ten percent. Yeezy ain't going. I'm not saying, of course, we're just talking, but and I get what you're saying, but he would have to do a hell of a lot more for them. Now you're gonna see. I, you, we've already seen Chase Banks ever they 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 um relationship with him, but that was related to the drink champs thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like 
Like he said, he's making his rounds. And and that's why I say, like, I got two different opinions because the White Lives Matter thing, I'm, I feel more in line with you, right? In terms of, I think, I think it kind of goes along with him kind of being an artist and thinking abstractly. I'm just saying this is in his mind, right? And thinking different. And everybody hates me because I because I'm I'm presenting the opposite view. You know what I'm saying? Like that type of shit. Like what he probably thought when he put on the red hat. That's just what I'm thinking. Based off how he the same thing with the Confederate flag and all this. He's thinking that he's doing iconic, icon, icon type shit when it's really just the symbolism, you know, not. But and I'm gonna be very careful when I say this next part. So that's what I think is going on with the white line matter. The drink champs, and respectfully, like, you ain't seen the whole thing yet. It's three hours, right? So you watch that, watch the Chris Cuomo interview. You can't really see the whole Tucker Carlson thing because they cut it up, right? When you start watching that, and again, I'm going to be very careful what I'm saying. This is just my opinion, and I'm really not even going to get my opinion. But I think there's a lot more going on when you start to see how he's behaving. You know, how his speeches and, you know, how his thoughts sound and all of those things. And you start to get more worried for himself, you know, um, and I'll just leave it there. You know what I mean? Again, I'm not confu- excusing anything he said. But what I'm saying is, if you listen to the interview with Nori, you know what I mean? And you try to follow him from subject to subject. At lots of points, it's not even coherent what he's talking about. They're very disorganized. Right? Um, and again, I'm not diminishing his beliefs, but you're going to hear him talking a lot about God and religion and him, him comparing himself to Moses and all of these people. And, and it gets, and the, and the conspiracy theories are, are all webbed throughout it. Right? Um, so... Everybody can have their own opinion of what's going on, but you start to get more worried about like what's going on and hope just hope that he's taking care of himself. That's all I'm gonna say. Now you I mean you and I, of course, Kanye is neither one of our, our clients or our patients. However, you, the alarms and the flags start to come into play when you start to see the erratic behavior. When you see, right. like you said the nonlinear dialogue, right? Where he's just from topic to topic, he's all over the place. The religious preoccupation, if you want to call it, grandiosity, all these other different things, right? These are alarms for you and I as a clinician, which is like, huh, all right, what else is going on here? There's also a component that I'll say is behavioral, right? Because a lot of this is also learned behavior. Unfortunately, you know and I know this is not the first time he said things like that. Like he said, he had the red hat. He said slavery was a choice, all these other different things, right? At the same time, what effect has that had on his bottom line? You still got people that are going to go out there and they're going to buy, like you said, the Yeezy sneaks. They're going to buy the Yeezy slides. They're going to buy whatever, the Gap jacket, right? Sold out in minutes. People are mm-hmm. still going to fill out his stadium when he has his listening party, because this could very well also be a part of a rollout. It's possible. Right. But when he's releasing new music or whatever, people are going to go to those stadiums 
They're going to go listen. They're going to say, oh, you see the jacket he's rocking? I got to get that. Gap is going to release or not Gap right now. It's the end of the contract. But whatever fashion or whatever, what I'm saying is there are desirable consequences that he's experiencing. And you know, and I know, well, I mean, any individual, like if I go out and I see this outlandish things or this offensive material or what have you, but people are still going to buy my products. People are still going to go out there and my products or my items that I sell are going to sell out in hours. He's receiving desirable content. Like people can be up in arms, but there's some of those same people are still going to go out and buy his merchandise. So it's like, but well, I can go out and say these things and nobody's going to like, what does it, my consequences are desirable. They're favorable to me. But that's what I, that's why I said like with the t-shirt and, and wearing a hat, like, right. Cause he's wearing a t-shirt in like a fashion show, right. He's wearing a hat where he knows paparazzi is going to snap him. Yeah. Right. That's why I said, in my opinion, we're all speculating. I think he's doing, I think it's misguided, but I think he's doing that thinking that he's doing something that's like in his mind, like anti, he's going against the grain and anti-establishment and all of this stuff. And to me, I, I, I don't understand, like, I don't agree with him, but I, it's, it's not out of the ordinary to me because we're talking about entertainers, whether it's rappers, whether it's actors, whether it's actresses, Entertain, uh, um, attention is currency to them, right? But like I said before, if you watched, have you watched, did you see him on Chris Cuomo? Yeah. Did you see him on Drink Champs? So, yeah, bits and pieces, excerpt from it. When you see that, that's not what I was just talking about. That's not attention. It's the same person. But that just presents totally different. To me, like, I'm, I'm going to be very honest, like, it was, it was a very, if you look on that interview, Chris Cuomo asked him a very, like, carefully, and I know he has his own problems, I mean, we're just talking about the, what, the incident, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he asked him a very candid question, he asked him, like, oh, are you taking, we just want to, you know, are you taking care of yourself, you know, your health, right? He didn't, right? And so, and, and Kanye actually responded to him, was like, Yo, you you asked that question in an artful way that was, you know, kind of like non-offensive. He kind of like chuckled, right? And then he he kind of like asked him back, like, yo, did you work out today? You know, just, and not like, it wasn't necessarily a nasty exchange, but Chris Cuomo responded and he was like, no, I didn't, but I took my depression medication like I take every day, right? That's what he said to him. So in essence, he was obviously asking a question that none of us have the right to ask, right? But um, what I'm saying is there's a reason why he asked him that is because when you see him in these interviews, it looks strange, very strange. Um, and as much as a, 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 an outside observer can observe, you know, it will worry you for it. You would be worried for anybody if you saw that type of behavior. So I'm, and I'm going to just leave it there. But I mean, it, yeah, it, I, was, it, I was worried at the first Drink Champs interview because it was disorganized. It was just very disorganized, right? Nonlinear. He was just talking about just, just these random things, just making a lot of different uh, statements, 
And not nah, just as a clinician, because even though, you know, and I can only speak for myself, but I imagine you experience this also. There are certain elements when you hear certain how people are conducting themselves, even in an interview, and you kind of see how the conversation is going, just the manner and how they're speaking, the clinician hat comes on, right? Even if they're not our patient, you're just like, you're certain cues that we've been trained to pick up on, you do, you get concerned. You get concerned. And even just kind of the way he's moving, some of the things that he repeats in that, it's just so fragmented. It's just like you said, it's so incoherent. It's just disjointed. A lot of some of the Yo, things. Yo, listen, it was points in that in that interview on Drink Champs where they didn't know what the hell he was talking about. But they, but they, but see, and this is how you got to understand, like, honestly, it's sad if you step back. And now I'm just talking in general. Yeah. I'm not even talking specifically about him. Right. Um, but it's sad if you think about the situations in general, because um, Platforms like people will you exploit your mental health for clicks and for views, right? Because the same way I said, my personal feeling watching those interviews was like a one of concern, right? For a person's well being, there are other people that watch the interviews and they're excited about what they see, right? They're entertained, right? They might not fully understand what they're watching, you know what I mean. Um, but they're entertained. But I think that's part of the danger because specifically if you look at the drink champs and it's hard to find because they pulled it down from mm-hmm. off YouTube and Revolt pulled it. But there are times where DJ um, um, Nori and DJ FM, I think his name is FM, they don't know what the hell Kanye West is talking about, right? And they respond the way most people do when somebody's starts talking about something you don't know what they're talking about. It's just dead silence. He'll be like, yeah, you know what I mean? And it's dead silence. And then he just goes on to the next topic. Right? And and I mean, like, for most people, if that happens, you're going to be like, yo, you understand what I'm saying, right? Or you're going to re-explain it and he go right to the next thing. Right. Right? And the only reason why I'm bringing this up is they didn't push back on him and they didn't ask him what the hell he was talking about when they didn't follow what he was talking about because they wanted him to keep talking for content. Even if what he's saying sounds strange and bizarre, right? And out of the ordinary. They thinking about the whole time, him and Kanye talking about winning awards for the episode. Right? So you got to understand where the person's motivation is. And that's, that's you no, know, I, I love Nori as an artist, but you, but think about it, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's, they didn't know what he was talking about at times. Like it was clear. It's like if I was like, yeah, man, and you know, you know, it's dope over here on Mars, and you just look at me, you like, see what you're doing? That's what they was doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's. It's concerning. It is. Just like you said, when so, you take a step back. And, people will, ex- people you know, will exploit you, you know, for clicks, you know, so. And that perpetuates that lack of insight. Because something you said earlier I want to tease out is, like you, you mentioned, currency, right? For a lot of celebrities, attention is currency for them. And what did he say 
when he was. Hey, I didn't make. About I didn't that. listen. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be honest. Me. I didn't make that up. Nah, I didn't make that up. Nah, you're right. You hit. Listen, you hit the nail on the head for the reason that he said when referencing the Fashion Week with the White Lives Matter. I took over the show. That's all people were talking about. Right? I'm. They're talking about my shirts. They're talking about so on and so forth. So again, it reinforces that it perpetuates because he got the attention. The same way, like you mentioned, he's on Drink Champs. He's on a lot of different interviews where he, he's getting that attention. Like you said, they want the content. So his level of right. insight doesn't improve because it's still like people are talking about. It. And he's like, well, I'm getting the attention. So he's getting reinforced. He's getting rewarded with that. And then only... Just and it's it, like you said, it's really concerning. Um, and then how he takes, like you said, he's smart, he's creative. However, when you take the White Lives Matter, just as you kind of alluded to earlier, you, he's weaponizing, right? You're weaponizing that particular movement that was so meaningful and so important to a particular, you know, marginalized population, given what was taking place in the community. And then you take it, flip it, and now you're utilizing, okay, well, certain people are going to, one, you have one group of people that are going to be outraged about this. And then you're going to have another group of folks that are absolutely going to capitalize, right? They're going to be like, yeah, you're right. Like you said, all lives matter, or so-and-so lives matter, this lives matter. So the insight is absolutely, I feel like it is, is poor, but it's getting reinforced and rewarded by the attention, things that he's getting. And that's, and that's why... This is why I separated the two issues, right? Because with the T-shirt, right? To me, that's like re being negatively reinforced. Like that's the wrong reinforcement attention. In my humble opinion, this, what you're saying on these interviews, like this is something else. I don't see entertaining with this. This is concerning, right? I, this is something else. And I'm just going to leave it there, you know, because, but and I, again, I'm not saying, I think people should just be concerned and, and be, you know, um, more than, I'm not saying they shouldn't be outraged, right? Because they definitely shouldn't be entertained. But I was concerned. Yeah, I think when you pull back, we'll leave it at that. When you pull back the curtain and you start to ask why, right? For the reason that people are immediately are going to go based off the, you know, the disposition situation, right? Oh, he's doing this. He must be this. He must. He's an asshole. He's he's narcissistic. He don't don't out everything, right? But we got to pull back the curtain and say, okay, why? What's contributing to this? Especially like you mentioned, the interviews. When you start asking, okay, is it the disposition or what's the situation that he's dealing with, right? Like you said, they asked him. He asked him pretty much. He alluded, how is you? Are you taking care of yourself? In other words, how is your mental health? Because I'm taking my medication. That's what he was alluding for or insinuating. So, and, and listen, I'm, bet the I'm like, not saying it's, it's why, I'm not why. saying I'm not saying that. Like I said, Chris Cuomo got his own problems, um, and I'm not saying that anybody has a right to ask anybody if they're taking their medication, right? But if you are going to, at least put your own cards on the table. But don't get no more real than that, right? Couldn't agree more. All right, so listen. Not to be outdone is Andrew Tate, the self-entitled and described success coach. And this guy, the success coach, I, I, I chuckle at that, man. Um, and uh, influencer who became wildly popular this past summer. 
Now, he's been subsequently banned from major social media sites, all right, for some of his views as it pertains to women. And so I want to make sure I describe this guy in all of his, uh, all his glory, all right? So a lot of his views as it pertains to women and how they should be treated include, and but are not limited to, dating women ages 18 to 19 is better because you can imprint on them and that women should stay home and men own women as property, all right? Now he's also he he started to gain some uh, a following when during the um, during the Me Too mo- movement when that was taking place uh, he stated that women should hold some responsibility for being raped. All right, so although he's been banned from um, those major social media sites, the Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. Um, He's been still been able to spread uh, spread his word and spread his gospel on the Internet. And as of late or mid-August, it was reported that his videos on hashtag Andrew Tate have been viewed 12.7 billion times. Oh, that's what I was looking for. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, Jay, this appears to be a classic case of outrage marketing. And it appears to be working like clockwork. All right. No matter how vile and like just hurtful, because that's that's really what this is, right? This is really this is words that can absolutely be hurtful. He's pandering to a certain audience. He's pandering to a certain demographic, and whether that may be older, conservative, um, toxic, abusive, whatever population is, he's pandering to a certain audience and mm. it's working. Like I said, he's had, he's got 12, 12.7 billion views. Okay. Right. So whether you agree with him or not, and it, it appears that there is a, <laughs> a significant population of people that agree with them, he's getting people outraged. That's, that's, he's also being rewarded with just some of the heinous things that he's saying, because he knows that it's going to get a reaction. People are absolutely will watch his videos because you heard about it and how vile they are and how negative they are. And people are going to watch the video just so they can comment on it. And again, there's a good population of people who agree with what he's saying. So um, this type of outrage marketing, outrage media, whatever terminology people would like to use, this is what's reinforcing this. I, you know, I don't agree with anything that this guy has to say. However, misogyny is pretty trendy and pretty popular with a lot of people, you know, especially those that are into, you know, this, you know, toxic view of relationships and how men should treat women. Uh, and he's totally capitalizing on it. And, and it appears that even though he's not on a lot of these social media platforms, he still, his videos find their way. So even though he's not posting well, it, people are sharing it. Well, so it's working. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I don't, I don't really know too much about him. Like you sent me the, the um, article, so I was reading a little bit. And I was reading some more now. Um, the crazy part is you said he had 4.1 million followers on Instagram. So it's a large, you know what I mean, um, following. But if you think about it, 
it kind of makes sense that he has like a lot of these kind of outlandish and extreme, you know, beliefs because they're saying like he he became started becoming known, you know, um, from posting on Infowars, obviously Alex Jones platform, and we see I think he got a judgment against him for a billion dollars mm-hmm. recently. Yeah, um, yeah. Right, so that's where he started. So that's the mud, right? Um, so. Again, I don't know too much about him, but what I do also know is what from what I'm reading there, um, he was actually, I guess, so popular in 2022, they said he surpassed both Donald Trump and COVID-19 searches in Google. Think about that. Look at that. All right. Um, so what I think, like, you know, we've had this conversation about a bunch of different things. Um, I think what, you, what we're kind of seeing is, um, like, they canceled him. And then it's backlash, like his videos, other people like circulating his videos now. Right. You know, um, so what the answer to this is, I, you know, I, I don't really know, man, because, you know, you, it, it's not like this is like masses of people, you know, I, I think it's probably a relatively small group of dudes. Um, well, let me not say that because they got, he has a large following. So, um, but I, I mean, I don't know the profile of the person that fits into this. You know what I mean? So I don't, I, I don't know. Have, have they looked into like, what's the type of male that kind of gravitates towards this type of content? No, but that'd be interesting to find out. Um, I do feel it, feel that, um, this, what he's saying most likely serves as like a confirmation bias to a lot of men who, again, maybe, I don't want to use the word conservative, but are into that that kind of prehistoric because it it justifies well, their beliefs, right? Well, I just never heard of him. I'm, I'm not a fool though, right? I'm not, I'm not a fool. I know in the last five to seven, 10 years, I know there's a whole red pill movement on the internet, right? So it's not necessarily conservative movement, but it's a, some people would probably call it toxic masculinity. Some people would call it a red pill movement. That's what he comes out comes out of or represents. So I I know that I'm not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I just he I just never really kind of heard of him because obviously he's not really catering to my demographic or me. So I, he's never that's really. Probably why he's not. You're not gonna find him on your algorithm. You know because that's, that's right. But that's that's how he moved so, in. Yeah. So reading about him, you know, he kind of fits in that red pill kind of space um and you know with that i kind of answer my own question right because um there is a large and growing group of people you know i guess that are starting to get more attention now in terms of people that kind of study and look at their motivation um who are kind of consuming this right but i think it's right in line with you know um the misinformation, you know, that people have like willingly accepted in COVID-19, you know, um, some of the misinformation that people were willing, willingly spreading and accepting during the last presidency, it's kind of right in line with somebody spouting conspiracy theories, theories and, and you know, like um, whatever else, you know, misinformation, but. You, you, you feel, and this tends to happen when you have any form of movement, right? There is always two opposite ends of the spectrum. 
You'll have like so in this case, you have someone you have the Me Too move the Me Too movement, women empowerment, other different things of that nature that correlate with that movement. And then of course, you gotta have somebody who's gonna be that antagonist at the other end of the spectrum who's gonna say, nah, forget this. These women are making too much moves and is gonna start to reiterate or say things, even that most men or maybe other folks that you know aren't proponents of the me too movement and other women empowerment and he gets to be that voice and that's going to resonate with a lot of people it happens with so many other different movements like we just talked about it right like if you have the blm movement okay you know what you're going to have somebody who's going to come out the antagonist of the opposite end oh well all lives matter white lives matter blah blah blah, blah, blah. right blue lives all these other different things so in this case he's the guy Right. He's the guy that's going to be like, all right, no, I'm going to, you know, lead the ideology of the toxic masculinity because it directly is an opposition of the Me Too movement of women doing other different things. Right. I imagine people, you know, offenders and other different folks that have, you know, that are on the opposite end of the Me Too movement. He's, he's their voice. Right, it's right. Like he's, he's totally capitalizing on it. Like, yo, someone, someone's gonna be the bad guy or antagonist is gonna be me. And you're right about that because what I was just reading is that they said um, he kind of gained popularity too, like through like tweets and stuff, defending uh, Harvey Weinstein, right? Where people got mad at him and he got, you know, um, publicity from it. So, listen, I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with him. I don't agree with him. You know, on the stuff that I've read, I don't know. Um, but he's, you know, for some people, you know, um, they think he's filling some type of void, you know. Um, but again, like I said, part of the toxic Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, it's, it's funny, though, you know what I mean? Because, again, like. Like, I remember, like, a couple of years ago, somebody had to even tell me that this whole, the last time I had really heard of the red pill stuff was The Matrix, you know what I mean? Right. Um, but a couple of years ago, like, I was talking to somebody, you know, colleague, friend, and um, they start, they use that term, you know, and then you start looking, and it's a whole community and rabbit hole of people and information and all this other stuff. Um, so... That's why he's popular. There's millions of, there's a lot of people. And we're talking about like globally, internationally. This isn't like him being popular in, in North Carolina and California. This is like, you know, different, different countries. So, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, I wonder how, you know, like this movement is going to kind of affect male, female kind of relationships, interactions, those type of things moving forward because. Um, I don't agree with him, but there's a lot of people that follow him. Yeah, and, and and he covers the whole gamut, right? So we're talking about dating, and then also that women should stay home and own this property. Like, that's a wide toxic net. So somebody, I said, it's a wide toxic net, right? So he talks no, about he said, how dating said, women yeah. from age 18 to 19. Then he also talks about women should stay home men owning them as property. Like, he just has a whole wide array of, like, these, these toxic said that? views. Yeah, he said that. So, you're, in some form or fashion, 
he's going to hit on some form of whether it's like you said, whether it may be conservative or in an area where someone may feel like they're being slighted by. The oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he's going to hit on that. So he's going to it only takes one or two videos for someone to be like, yo, you know, what? he's right, man. These women. Man, but that's the, and that and that's that gets him. But, you know, that's the strategy is like you throw everything at the wall and see the mistakes. Right. And somebody's going to sick with some some form of fashion. Somebody is going to do it. Like you said, there's a lot of people that feel like they're being slighted because of the advances of women, whether it be working, whether it be in relationships or the other different things. So um, I, his, did you get a chance to see his, his credentials? Credential? No, I know he's a, he was a kickboxer. Yeah. So again, there are no, he's a self-entitled or self-described success coach, not even a life coach. Right. He's a, I mean, yeah. I mean, man, I'm not gonna go into bro. I, mean, that's, I, I love these coaches, man. Like, I I love the terms that these self entitled individuals come up with, man. Of like, yeah, I'm a this coach. I'm a, like, I I love it, man. Like, it's it's. Now I got a question for you regarding this because in this article, right towards the end, they were kind of like, I feel like the author was kind of like talking about. Like this type of mindset, masculinity results from like childhood, right? And I and that that's the only part of the article I kind of it kind of went left for me. Now, and I'm not I'm not saying I totally disagree. That's why I'm this is why I'm asking you because they were saying and they gave the example like, yo, when your daughter says, "Well, stop telling kids that the little boy who pulls the little girl's pigtails likes her, pulls them because they like her." Right. Implying, I guess, that even at that age, you know, we're importing toxic traits into male children, right? I, I'm not even kind of talking about that. I don't really necessarily agree with it to that extent. You know what I mean? But do you think it's more so that type of stuff in kids in childhood, right? And, you know, pick up your little girl when she's crying. Don't pick up your little boy. Let him be a man. Like that type of stuff. Or... It's literally like these people that grow into like manhood, young adulthood, for whatever reason, they're not where they need to be. Their relationships might not work, be working out. They don't have the social skills and then they gravitate to this space. I, I don't necessarily know that it's like their mama and putting them in a position where you you, under, you understand yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like, we're not, we're not that's where they went in. Not going to go full Sigmund Freud here, you know what I mean? And, and attachments and Mary Ainsworth and all the other different things. Uh, I do feel that, um, and again, I don't know his history or what his experience is. I think a portion of it is trauma informed uh, for this type of individual where you've you've had some experiences that have contributed to some of these views. And then I also look at it just kind of similar to what we talked about, um, just being an opportunist, right? You capitalizing on like I can I can imagine him, you know, being in some type of social gathering, whether it be in person or virtual or online, and he threw out a thought, right? And it just blew up on the comments. Like you said, he, he did something on, on on whether it was Twitter, and you just mm-hmm. got a massive reaction to it. You throw it at the wall and see you oh, okay, this might be something. This might be something for me to capitalize on. I can monetize off of it. So I feel like it's a combination of both. 
with these type of situations where, yeah, he absolutely may believe or he's been experiencing some form of fashion, maybe with some inept social skills, bad dating situations, so on and so forth, right? Because it's coming from a place. It's coming from somewhere, right? I don't want to blame it. I don't think it's like a cognitive dissonance where it's like, you know what I mean? So I feel like it's somewhere in relation that's to what he's experiencing you know what? and capitalizing on it. You know what? That's interesting because you was you talking about how he got it. Yeah. And I and I and I I don't disagree. I agree with you. But my I was asking you about his audience. No, the audience I feel like is the same way. I feel like he just he will he throws different things out there and it's gonna even okay. the smallest thing will resonate with somebody. Okay. Now, especially I do feel like um the more information that and I'm speaking just as a parent, right? I do feel like the more information that we get about how kids develop, right? So I feel like the old the, the whole concept or the thought of, oh, well, the boy just hits the girl, like because that's what they mentioned in the article. Oh, well, the little boy hit the girl, he pulled her hair, and then you go off and you tell the girl, um, oh, well, he just likes you. That's all that means. That, to me, that's bullshit, right? Like, first and foremost, we're reinforcing that type of behavior. We've got more information that, one, that's not the case. Right. We know now that 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 kid. All right. He might be interested in door, but it also might be a situation where he's not learning pro social behaviors at home. So and also, I don't want any kid putting their hands on my little girl. I don't care how old you are and I'm not going to resort. I'm not going to give him any bail and say, oh, well, he likes you. That's why he's doing it, because then you're you're reinforcing that. So I feel like just even as parents, little things, learning more information about it. But this is why. And this is why I said I was just asking about the audience because, like, with that specifically, right, it works both ways, too, right? Because we would tell the little boy in kindergarten when the little girl hit her with a block, don't cry because you're a little boy and don't be mad at her because she's just a girl, right? When if he go home with a black eye, his mom is going to be just as concerned. So that's like we're not a not we're not concerned about the safety of our little boys, right? And we teach them at a very young age that they should take punishment and not show emotions. And we so that's why I don't, that's why I didn't even really like, that's why I, I kind of discount what the author is implying, like that the audience is toxic little boys that grew up into men. I That's why I was asking you, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I would more so subscribe to, these are a group of men, like, or, or young men, right? You know, that are looking for something, oh, right? And this is what they found, you know what I mean? They want, they want like, their that, advantage, right? They, they want the advantage at some point, because who, who wouldn't, right? We're looking at it just from a social component. Like, if you're a guy, like, just, you want the advantage in any type of situation. Of course, he's talking about imprinting on women, and because he's giving them, again, it's that confirmation by, he's allowing a man in whatever situation to do oh, whatever. Yeah. Right. So I mean, what, what guy, depending on your values, is not going to go along with that. Right. Because so I, that's, again, that's why I feel like the know. audience, yeah. So I don't feel like everybody's toxic in it, but I do feel like he's hitting on just different areas where I feel like some people are I don't know why it's, you got to remember, right? Like, and I'm not totally equating this, but you like when, when, you were you like it when somebody be like, yeah, you a king, brother. 
Oh yeah, right. right, because when you because when somebody says that, like you royalty, or we we say it to each other, like you know, we black we royalty, we people you people say that is you elevating yourself, right? Even if you're not elevating yourself above another person, like you're you're inflating your own sense of importance, right? It makes you feel good when you hear that. So what he's doing is he's putting all of those men on an imaginary platform. You know what I mean? And I'm sure that not all. But there's a portion of his audience that without him and the dream he kind of creates around them, they wouldn't feel like that. Right. He fills that void for them. Right. He makes them feel like they're on that platform every day, especially if they surround themselves in in an echo chamber. Right. So it's the same way that a person could be have prejudice or racist views. Right. And they might not have a pen. They might not even have enough money to take care of themselves or their family. But they would call you a racial slur. And they would never change places with you because in their mind and in their echo chamber, they would rather be poor and white than a, a, a rich minority. So it's the same. To me, it's the same concept with the people that he has, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, not Maybe not all of them. I, I mean, whoever, some of them might just no, like but, but, I mean, what is conservatism... Know? In regards to, especially as it pertains to like relationships, what is that rooted in? The man is, like you said, is the king. I'm the king of the household. No, you, the woman stays home. I got this, right? I'm in control. Well, this is, so yeah. it's like he's, 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 like you mentioned, he's an extremist, or that's the views that, right. he, that he's posing out there. Yeah. So even, like you said, the guy that doesn't have a dollar to his name should still feel like, yeah, I'm more powerful or more important than this woman. Right. You you do what I say. So it, it feeds that. Right. It feeds no matter of where course. you are in life. Right. You, you you're the man. You should be able to imprint on women. You should 18, 19 year old women. You should be able to have right. a feel of that. So, yeah, he's absolutely empowerment. Like he's creating a whole different ecosystem of like the good old boys club. There's like back to Archie Bunker. Yeah, 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 yeah man. And what, what guy, especially someone that's not really doing well in whatever aspect of his life, wouldn't want that. But see that, and that's where it gets. That's where you get into the millions, right? Because it's not only guys that aren't doing well. It is guys because the guys that are doing well hear the same message and they want that too. <laughs> what, what would be if we just thinking about on that line along that line? What will be the difference, right? Because it's going to be the same draw, right? You're creating, he's creating a world where you are superior, right? So if you're on that team, it's just like if his whole, if if somebody came and they constructed a whole, I don't know, lifestyle perspective around Buffalo Bills fans being kings and queens and they're billionaires and we got secret, you're going to have, People that gravitate, those people that are already included in that group, they're gonna, they may cling to that and be drawn to that because they're included, right? Or they're missing something, you know. Again, might be a bad analogy, but you know what I'm saying. I think the difference would be your whatever your core values are in in empathy, right? Because this this sounds great, (laughs) like this sounds great to to a certain demographic, but then. Even as me, as a guy, I speak for myself, and I can be like, oh, okay, he's saying uh, women should be a dad. I mean, but it's also like, oh, well, you know, I, I have a sister or I have a mom, and I wouldn't want that on the other end. Like, I wouldn't want what another man imposing that view or will on my mom or on my sister or whatever. So then that's where the other things kick in, right? So the 
the kind right. of well-adjusted people will be like, ah, nah, boy, he, he's tripping. Like, even though he said this, and I might kind of agree with that, the rest of this stuff, he's talking about imprinting on women and the women have accountability and being raped. You're like, ah, oh, nah, nah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's when... And, that, and that's, you know, I mean, that's where I think you get the bands from, right? Because most reasonable people, even if he tries to draw you in with the with the King stuff or this and that, you know, right. that analogy or whatever, it's going to get weird, weird real quick. You know what I mean? Um, because that's, that's why it's an extreme view, you know? Um, so we'll see. I mean, listen, they banned him. Um, you know, but these people who have supporters, you know, they repost and repost, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Jay, a couple weeks ago, right, some potentially good news. A couple weeks ago, for the first time, a government-backed panel recommended that adults under the age of 65 be scanned for anxiety disorders, even in the absence of symptoms, and that the adults should be screen also to include or the adults that also should be included um in the screening uh include uh, pregnant women and postpartum all right so this is something that they're trying to this is the first time that this has taken place where again a government backed or panel it wants to incorporate this into like your uh your annual wellness visits all right um so i like this um I do think that um, the screening is a good idea. The only caveat that I have um, is what are we going to do, say, once we're once we give the screen, right? So once you, you're done, once the screen has the screening has taken place, like for me, my fear is that what will providers do if someone comes up positive or past a certain threshold? What happens after that? Right. Like, so you have to think about it right now. Unfortunately, we don't already have enough mental health providers as is. right. Like COVID, as we've talked about on previous episodes, have um, it's absolutely more people are in need of mental health providers more than ever. Right. However, now, if it's a situation, it'll be similar to like, is it going to be similar to like trying to schedule a specialist? Like where you make an appointment and then four, three to four months out, you know, like if, it, if you score past a, certain, past a certain threshold, like what happens after that? Like, are they, do you immediately get seen for somebody? Is there somebody in-house or is it like, oh, well, we're going to get you set up with somebody. And again, because there's such a discrepancy um, with finding a mental health clinician right now, um, if they say, all right, cool. You, this was your anxiety screen. We have some concerns. Uh, we got you hooked up or we got a referral. It's three months away. Like that's discouraging to a patient or to a client. Mm-hmm. So that's um, really one of my only concerns about this particular screen. Like I like the idea. I like the intentions and I absolutely feel like it's, it's necessary. However, it's just going to be all right if someone does come up past a certain threshold or with a certain particular score. What do you do next? What's after that? So that's just that's. I mean, I. I mean, listen, I, 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 I kind of look at this as being implemented in like, a PCP, you know, a primary care physician office or nurses office in school, 
Um, if you're talking about these type of simple screenings, you know, maybe uh, anybody, paraprofessional, somebody else should be able to give them. I think it's a good idea personally because all of these people that I already named, they already do referrals to a bunch of places already. You know what I'm saying? Like, nurses going to do referrals to the eye doctor. They're going to do referrals to wherever the kid got to go. Um, primary care physicians are definitely ready to give referrals. I think it's just about um, kind of coordinating something in each state or each county, whatever you want to do it nationally, you know, where you have a, a kind of a database of people. You know what I mean? Um, you can find a physician right now, you know, on your phone. It's 10 minutes. So it should, you know, um, if if you're going to do this on a, on a large scale, you know, then obviously you've got to have the resources in place. Right. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's just about making the connections. You know what I mean? Because if we've been like, honestly, I'm just talking about what I see. Like, I mean, it, a lot of times, like, a lot, some of this stuff is about marketing and connecting people with people, right? Because mental health and medicine have not traditionally been together, right? So how are those relationships going to be made if it's not through individual people or alliances made from like schools or internships? And those are rare cap- occurrences. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, if you got a doctor's office and it's next to a, a therapist, they, they don't know each other. Yeah, They're not sending referrals back and forth. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, unless it happens from the hospital, which is a select amount of people, it doesn't really happen. So I just think you have to have the infrastructure in place or the resources. But listen, mental health is here to stay. So it needs to be incorporated. Same way we do blood pressure screenings at health fairs, expos, you know, in the parking lot, the Great Adventure. They should be doing, you can give somebody an anxiety questionnaire. You know, uh, depression questionnaire. Um, and listen, it's not perfect. So sometimes you may just have to hand somebody uh, a brochure and give them information and they got to follow up. We, we, You know what I'm saying? I don't think we assume that responsibility at all times. Like um, if somebody is suicidal or somebody is depressed and they check something off on a checklist, um, which is a screening, it's not a therapeutic relationship and you give them some information they would still had that depressive symptom or feeling whether you gave them the information or not so i I don't i don't look at it like we assume in like patient relationships by giving somebody a screening then they're saying like it's suggested that you follow up you know what i mean like because when you when you meet somebody in the park and they got high blood pressure and you tell them to go follow up if they have a heart attack fucking you know six hours later it ain't the nurse's fault who took your blood pressure you know what yeah. i mean so we're talking about prevention here i'm not saying you saying it but um we're talking about prevention and it's never going to be perfect but all you could do is give people information try you know give them and, and have resources available and that's what also is going to be what, what's important for the reason that supporting i mean supporting and training the primary care docs who are typically the first people to treat patients, right? They're the mm-hmm. first ones to see it, like you said, with these screenings. So what's going to be crucial are those questionnaires and those measures, right, that we just talked about in the office. Like what questionnaires, what measures are you using that are going to be effective, right? Are they are, are they the most recent ones that are picking up that are, um, you know, 
culturally sensitive, right? Because you're going to have different Yo. people depending on the area. Yo, bro. Currently, I respect what you said, but I, 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 I'm going to just say this. Like, yo, what you said is absolutely correct, right? But let's look at this practically, right? Primary care doctors, they're doing it anyway. They're prescribing antidepressants. They're doing therapy with their informally with their patients. They don't have relationship because when mama, when, when mama or daddy is depressed, that's who they're going to talk to. They're not going to go to therapy. They're going to talk to that person for five minutes about their issue. And if that person has nothing to offer, they're going to move on. You know what I'm saying? So I get it. But what is the PHQ, the uh, patient health questionnaire or whatever? Yeah. That's a screening they've been using for a long time. You know what I mean? A CDI, don't a pediatrician doesn't need any training to do a CDI. You know what I mean? Or BDI. If I feel like, and again, this is the perfect world. However, if you have, this is government backed. If you're going to do a rollout, you have to increase and reinforce the infrastructure, right? You got to have more of the current comprehensive tools and measures to be added to someone's, because this is going to be a patient's annual, part of their annual evaluation, right? This, this is what they're talking about. So you got to have the updated measures. Also, they're incorporating that mental health clinician. And it maybe it is, you know, like you said, interns, students, whatever the situation may be. Like, you know, and I know both people are going to trust their PCP. They see them however frequently during the year or so on and so forth. So if this pops up on the questionnaire that they're using, it's like, hey, we got somebody or somebody that I recommend some sort of a, a warm handoff. And like, if you're going to incorporate this, you can't just leave people. I don't think it's fair or right to kind of put them just for a thing like, all right, well, all right, we'll, we'll put you on the list, but we're going to try to refer you to somebody that maybe that's outside. And like you said, you may have a therapist or somebody that's next door and they may not even know each other, but this is what has to be incorporated. Like if you're going to do a rollout or you're going to implement this. It's like, all right, well, what else are we doing? Is it as should we, as the primary care office, incorporate a mental health clinician, right? Should we reach out to the local school that has a training program or whatever the situation may be, where it's like, all right, well, just get this, not just, you know what I mean? It's like, I feel like more resources need to be incorporated if you're going to say, hey, we're incorporating this screening into like your annual assessment or when you go see your physician. And if you come up with a particular score and above the threshold hey this is the what we're offering you right that's i mean maybe that's a perfect world but i feel like if you are going to do that like you have to you got to give some some folks different options or at least make it easier where all right well we have somebody within our practice or next door or something rather that's within our health system that we can get you hooked up with or at least that you can make contact or make that connection like you were talking about i mean it's as simple as and that's what I'm saying. Like nowadays, I would think it's probably a non-issue because we was just talking about last week or the week before, Megan Thee Stallion got a button on her page where they'll bring you right to a approved person in your area. So if right. they could do that for their website and what I'm guessing is the last year, you know what I'm saying? Then I know that there are already apps and resources that'll probably give you a clinician in your area in 30 seconds. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, I mean, I'm not saying you, but, but no, I'm just thinking about it as we talking. I'm like, 
And then the like, mad schools, Jay, you know, and I know, like, how many schools outside of us, a school that we went to, every university had master's level clinicians that were part of the clinic. They got students. Like, it can be done, right? It can be done where, where you have folks that have already, that are licensed, that are already finished master's level, doctor level, whatever the situation is. Like, in training, like, it's, it's possible. Like I said, if you can get it pulled up on an app, about somebody in your area, like, you know, these, these hospitals or these these health systems, and that's what a lot of these, even these small PCPs, they're part of health systems now. They're very rarely going to have these mom and pop old school doctors that have their own private practice. No, they're, they're getting bought out by the health systems. So a lot of them are getting a part of things. So it's like, they, I, like you said, I find it hard to believe also if Meg Thee Stallion and other different individuals can set up an app where finding resources. I mean, these, these primary care joints that the government can do it also. Just saying. So, really? I mean, but it's something to continue to watch to see how they're going to, you know, roll this out and how they're going to implement this um, and when this actually takes effect. Great idea. I just hope that when they are doing it, um, that it's fully, you know, they're making modifications prior to them throwing it out there as opposed to just, all right, we'll just put the screening out there and then it's like, oh, well, what do we do when all these other different issues pop up? So we'll see. You know, no doubt. Uh, anything else before we get out of here, good brother? No, that's it, man. Just as usual, I want to thank everybody who takes the time to listen weekly. We appreciate it. Um, please, please keep sending articles, DMs, you know, um, with suggestions. We appreciate it in the comments. So thank you. And um, we're going to keep the content coming. Absolutely. We want to make sure that everybody out there, uh, I will reiterate everything that Jason said. And also as we continue to make our way through this fall season, the days are getting shorter. The nights are getting longer. Please be safe out there. Please make sure you are doing things uh, to improve and protect your mental health and it's engaging in self-care. Um, and as well as mental health, make sure you go out there, you get on your phone or your computer and you go to shopmentalhealthclothing.com. All right. Because not only do you want to protect your mental health, you want to wear your mental health. So what's better than protecting your mental health and actually looking good in a shopping, you know what I mean? A mental health prioritizing your mental health t-shirt. I don't know what's better a combination than that, Jay. That's all I'm saying. Ain't no better combination, man. Do it. Everybody out there, go ahead and do it. All right, bro. I will get at you. All right, man. Till next time, brother. No doubt. I'm going.